0: Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. Man, it feels like forever since I had to drop that uh, that intro line uh, for you guys, but uh, I'm glad that we're back. you know, it was a little bit tough to get uh, the the studying in for this UFC 251. Hence why I wasn't able to drop many uh, pre-recorded ones uh, for my Patreon members. You guys already got a couple of them, uh, but uh, we'll we'll be back to normal in terms of getting early cards uh, and early breakdowns for you guys. Um, you know, for that Wednesday card that's going to be coming up. So you know, stay tuned. In the next couple of days, I'll be dropping a couple. Um, breakdowns for that cater and EA card. But you guys are here for UFC two fifty one uh stacked card uh especially at the top. We got three title fights and then we got two uh women's fights that are very, very intriguing uh to cap off that main card. Very, very excited for it. I can't wait. I'm getting together with my co-host of Combatosaurus, uh Tony. We're gonna, you know, make a bunch of food and just fucking chow down and 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 just enjoy UFC 251 and finally come back from that uh you know one weekend break that we had from the UFC but we're right back at it we got four events in the span or sorry three events in the span of seven days or eight days if you want to call it that uh and then another one the week after that so the UFC is really spoiling us and I'm really really excited for it but um Let's, uh, before I get into UFC 251, let's quickly go over my last event, which was the UFC Fight Night or UFC Vegas 4, I believe it was called, uh, headlined by Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker. Had a slightly losing event there, so let's start off with the losses first. Uh, I had one unit on uh, the under two and a half for Jordan Griffin and Yusuf Salal, a plus 140. That shits the bed. They took a little bit a uh, safer of an approach than I expected them to, but it's all good. That's only one unit down. Uh, then I had zero uh, point five units on Mickey Gall at plus two sixty nine. I had to take the shot there, and he looked really good in that first round. And it wasn't really what I expected in terms of him, you know, kind of you know grappling him and 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 trying to outwork him in that aspect. But uh, his striking looked a lot better. It was just his gas tank that filled him this time around, uh, just as it has in the past before. So um, it's unfortunate that. That's uh, something that continuously comes up for him uh, and something that he's going to have to address if he wants to stay at the high level of the UFC. Um, so minus 0.5 units there. And then uh, my first lock of the night play uh, shits the bed. Luis Pena still you know, showing that he's a bit of a green fighter. And I thought he was past that. Uh, minus four units there at minus 247. Yeah, he looked decent. You know, he lost that first round. Obviously, won the second round, and then third round, he just wasn't able to get the takedowns. And Kamalworthy was able to get this weird modified guillotine. Uh, and I'm I'm still a Kamalworthy non-believer. You know, what I mean, if he goes out there and fights another guy that I believe has a really good shot of beating him, I'm gonna fade him um you know the only good that these you know the win over davante smith and this one over Luis pena has done for him is that we're going to get a better line to fade him next time around so i'm happy with that i don't mind that i don't think he's ufc level to be honest and comment if you're watching this i apologize i'm sure you're a great dude but i don't think that you're you know up to this level yet but um yeah so that was a minus four units there let's get on to the winners at 1.5 units on tanner bozer at minus 105 i was expecting him to go in, out there and uh Absolutely danced around Philippe Lenz for about three rounds, completely outpacing him. But it only took him a round, not even a round, to go out there and drop Philippe Lenz with a beautiful combination and then finish him off. Beautiful work by Tanner Bozer there. And then we had my other Lock of the Night play. Five units at minus 300 on Brendan Allen. I'm happy to pay the juice on a guy like Brendan Allen, especially when he's fighting a guy like Kyle Daukas. And that fight was a little bit closer than I wanted it to be. However, Brendan Allen was still able to pull it out, so I'm happy for him. Uh, Plus 1.67 units on that bet. And we ended that uh, event at minus 2.4 units. And that brings us to UFC 251, which, in my opinion, is a very good card from top to bottom. There are a couple guys that are making their UFC debuts, and, uh, you know, guys that uh, some people may not know, but. You know, a lot of these matchups are set up to be fireworks. A lot of these matchups are set up to be very, very fun and entertaining. So I'm very much looking forward to them uh, in that aspect. I only have three bets on this card. I'll probably only be sticking with three bets. So I don't mind it. Um, You know, it's kind of on the lower end of the scale in terms of activity on a betting side. Um, But I like... um, Uh, you know i like the spots i like and i'm sure you guys uh will hear about them as i get further into this card so uh you know other than the top three fights were obviously the the you know the, the title fights we still have, you know, Alessio zaleski Santos versus Muslim Salikov, Volkan Ozdemir against Jiri, Prohaska, uh Amir Khani, Leonardo Santos, who barely ever fucking fights. But yeah, there's a lot of names uh, sprinkled throughout this card that I'm very, very excited for and I can't wait to get into for you guys. So let's start off right at the bottom of the card. We got Martin Day versus Davy Grant, 8-3 and three Martin Day coming into this bout as his second UFC fight. He's had a couple fights that were, you know, booked and then not booked and then he came back uh and now he here he is fighting david grant he lost the split decision to pingyuan liu uh very very close fight uh but we saw pretty much what we expected from him which is you know great striking um that was a fight you could say he arguably arguably won too you know uh, it seemed like pingyuan didn't really want much to do with martin day on the feet anytime this fight would get near the the ground game um you know, he he took his chance and, you know, he wasn't the most successful there. I'm not really sure how the judges really scored that for him, uh, but it is what it is. Well, my mic just gave out on me a little bit. There we go. Fix that. Um but yeah, Martin Day, great kicker, uh, great striker, uses his distance very well too, moves very well too. Um, in this fight against David Grant, he's going up against another striker, but with David Grant, you get a guy that's not scared to take the uh, the grappling route if he needs to, especially if he's outgunned on the feet. Just as we saw in his fight against uh, Gregory Popov last time around, he had to resort to the to the ground game to, to, to secure the victory there. And even though it was a split decision victory, I still believe he deserved that, uh, but it wasn't his most... Pr- um, you know shining performance if you want to call it that I'm not a big Davy Graham believer um, you know he hasn't had much activity in the UFC uh, his last his you know his, his fight with Marlon Vera was in 2016, uh, Damian Stasiak, 2016. And they had roughly about two years off before he came back and got triangle choked within a minute by Manny Bermudez. Uh, and then after that, he took another year and a bit off and fought with Popoff, Popov. And now here he is, you know, close to a year uh, after he had fought last time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if these uh, layoffs are that good for him. Luckily for him, Martin Day isn't the most active fighter either. So both of these guys are really going to be brushing off a little bit of ring rust here. But I think that Martin Day is going to be the better fighter. Um, I like him in this fight. I think he is a smoother striker. Um, You know, he uses his kicks very well. I think that he's going to have a good chance of keeping Davy Grant off of him in terms of the grappling aspect. Uh, But it it does give me a little bit of pause in case Davy Grant is successful with, uh, you know, really laying it on him with the grappling. I don't think he will be successful. But at minus 165, I'm not really willing to to want to find out uh, if you know Martin Day is able to to keep this fight on the feet or not. Uh, but I am going to pick him to win. I think he's going to win by decision by just outpointing Davy Grant on the feet, uh, and we see Martin Day come away with the victory uh next up we got vanessa Mello versus carol rosa uh vanessa Mello, she's just going to be absolutely a gun in this fight and the betting line absolutely shows uh, why uh she is a plus 205 underdog while carol rosa is minus 245 um carol rosa showed great stand-up in her last fight against um lara yeah lara procopio i just wanted to make sure i got that name right um but Rosa, another Rosa, a girl that was booked and unbooked and booked and unbooked and booked and unbooked to fight Julia Vila. And luckily for her, that would not be a good fight to take. You know, Julia Villa, as we've seen, has been on an absolute tear as of late. Uh, she's a top prospect in this division. Uh, and I thought that this would be a very bad matchup for uh Carol Rosa if she were to take that fight. Luckily for her, she's fighting pretty much a human punching bag in Vanessa Mello. I think that Rosa is going to show off her, you know, her good stand-up technique uh, for that 135 division, uh, you know, she she shows decent technique uh i think she's roughly around just above the the average line in terms of striking uh abilities in the bantamweight division and that's more than enough to be vanessa mellow here Melo's o- only real chance to get this fight uh or get the victory in this fight is to get this fight to the ground and i don't i don't believe that she will be able to um you know a 10 and 7 fighter is just kind of cringeworthy that she's even in the ufc at this point but i'm not really sure she put together a solid you know record before she came to the ufc uh five straight victories one of them being over uh, a women's pioneer in jan finney um but once she came into the ufc you know decision by Irene Aldana and decision by Tracy Cortez and those are tough girls to go up against and unfortunately for her Carol Rosa is another tough girl to go up against I'm not willing to pay the the lock the night minus 245 money on Carol Rosa but I think she should be heavily favored in this fight and uh rightfully so and I expect her to fully go out there and uh you know outpoint Vanessa Mello on the feet en route to a decision victory next up we got Zalgas uh versus halli and paiva this is another fight you know Zumagulov is making his ufc debut here but the guy is highly tested um he is fighting uh he has fought his last three fights tyson nam uh tagir ulanbekov who was i believe the fight night's global champion um or even the m1 champion I, I gotta confirm that uh but he's he was supposed to make his ufc debut very shortly too uh however i believe he pulled out due to um uh, what was it? Uh, oh yeah, the 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 death of Habib Nurmagomedov's uh, father. So uh, obviously, due to you know just to pay respects, he pulled out of that fight. Um, so he beat him. And then he just beat, uh, even by split decision, he beat Ali Bagautinov in his last fight. So he has a very solid stretch uh, of fights in his last three. Uh, and here he is coming in against Hally and Paiva, who's on a little bit of a, not really a streak, but he has gained some momentum, especially after knocking out Mark De La Rosa back in uh, February. And unfortunately, in front of Mark De La Rosa's uh, uh, hometown crowd. But uh, I th- I like Paiva's uh, length and his striking here uh his kicking is very very impressive too and i think that's going to give zalgas a little bit of issues here i think he's going to find it hard to close the distance and really get his striking game going whereas paiva on the other hand is actually going to be able to you know pick him apart on the feet uh land the shots so he needs to and get out um he, he's he's a very his size 5'8 69 and a half inch reach for a 125er is very very impressive you know Zalgas is starting at 5'5 uh, we don't really have a reach on him right now just you know due to the fact that it's his UFC debut but I'm sure we'll get that question answered for us uh, on, on Saturday night uh, regardless I think that Paiva is just slowly coming into his own it's unfortunate that he started off his UFC career with two losses uh, to Kaikar France which is a very close decision and it could have easily gone his way if that fight was anywhere else other than Australia um, and then he lost that other fight to Hajirio Bonturin uh, just due to a cut it was a very very nasty cut but it's a very shitty way for him to get a, a loss on his record especially when you added 18 18- and two record going into that fight um now he's 18 and three or 19 and three after he had finished mark de la rosa very very impressive fighter uh even as a win over Iliard santos uh you know for hardcore mma fans even though santos never fired in the ufc you guys know how high level of a fighter he is 32 14 and one going into that fight against paiva whereas paiva was 16 and one going into that fight um, yeah paiva just a great striker i think he's gonna have the upper hand on the feet here um, no pun intended uh but uh yeah i, I like pava to win this fight i'm gonna say by decision uh but yeah it should be a very very entertaining fight and a dark horse fight of the night too all right uh martin versus maxime grishin uh this is a fight another unknown fighter or a ufc debutant uh coming uh 37 and 2 30 wins 7 losses 2 uh uh draws or yeah i believe draws um and two of those draws being to smolino rama and jordan johnson from the pfl uh you know you guys know what pfl has with their like uh pre-finals fights it's always these weird rules that they have uh you know if it goes to a decision after two rounds whoever won the second round or first i don't even remember but whoever wins one of those rounds ends up getting the nod and gets to move forward but they get a draw on the record so it really fucks up the records in my opinion but regardless. Um, you know, he was fighting in the PFO. Very, very impressive record. But look at some of the names that this guy has fought over his career. Mago Ankalayev was his last loss in two thousand and sixteen. Uh he's fought uh Joel King Christensen, who is a former UFC fighter, Ray Lopez, Rodney Wallace, uh Sokoju in a kickboxing fight, Trevor Prangley, um he's fought alexander volkov and beat him uh baga agaev is another fighter that he lost to early on into in his career um there's a his name or his 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 record is just littered with a bunch of names uh that are very very impressive uh but i'm happy to finally see him in the ufc unfortunate that's a little bit on a a short notice but i think that this is a perfect matchup for him to come in here and get a solid win in his ufc debut uh you know normally he is a light heavyweight so he is going up in weight to fight um martin here but i don't think it's going to be too hard of a uh, of a fight for him or too hard of an adjustment for him to come in and fight taibura taibura you know decent fighter is coming off a decision victory over sergey sergey spivak last time around but before that he got knocked out twice by shimila abdurahimov and augusto sakai um and uh, Grisham has punching power. So he could definitely, uh, you know, hurt Tybura on the feet and 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 make it a difficult night for him. But Grisham isn't a small light heavyweight either. So he should be able to acclimate to heavyweight here pretty easily. Marching Tybura himself isn't the biggest heavyweight either. You know, last weighing at 246 pounds, 6'3", 78 inch reach. Whereas Grisham, on the other hand, I just want to confirm the numbers, but I believe he's roughly around the same uh, 6'3", 76 inch reach. So it's not like uh you know Marcin Taibor is going to be the uh, a fucking Goliath and they're against him they're roughly going to be the same size and I think that Grishin is just more experienced has a better technique overall and is just a better overall fighter too so I'm going to go with here to win this by by decision but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and actually gets a finish as well too. All right, we got Leonardo Santos versus another UFC debuter, uh, Roman Bogatov, who's 10-0. Let's start off with Leonardo Santos, though. This guy is mainly known as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, and everybody's just not wanting to go to the ground with him. However, he has knockout finishes over Kevin Lee and, most recently, Stevie Ray, and probably one of the most beautiful KOs that we've seen as of late. Um... Yeah, I really like Leonardo Santos in this fight as I believe that overall he's just a better fighter. Um, his striking is obviously coming together as we saw in his knockout last time around. But I think that's a lot more so of people just kind of overlooking his striking and just saying, okay, that Kevin Lee one, that was just a fluke. He's not going to knock out anybody again. Bang, he knocks out Stevie Ray. Uh, and obviously he had the Adriano Martinez or fight before that uh, and won that fight by split decision. But with Roman Bogatov, we're talking about a guy that likes to initiate the grappling, likes to initiate the, the wrestling, and, and kind of imposes will on his opponents that way. I think that's going to be hard for him to do against Santos here, who, again, is probably going to be the better Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner here. Um, and again, with his ever-improving stand-up, who knows what kind of Santos we'll see. And it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to fight as often as he wants to, uh, as I believe he he poses a, a heavy threat to a lot of these fighters in that division uh but this is a decent fight for him to just you know get his feet wet hopefully he can start fighting more often uh especially with this whole covid thing going on uh, too a lot of fighters are able to have a quick turnaround so maybe he can rack up a couple wins over the next couple months and really get it uh, establish himself uh, in the division. But you know Bogotov, ten and zero, promising prospect. But I just think that uh, Santos is going to be a little bit too much for him here, uh, for him to you know be victorious. He's going to have to implement his wrestling, and if he, and if he you know does, he's putting himself pretty much in the the jaws of the shark uh, of Leonardo Santos with his jiu jitsu. So I like. Uh, i like uh santos to win this fight i'll probably take him to win by uh by submission too as i believe that uh, again i think that bogotov's uh, only real chance to win this fight is to get this fight to the ground but that's really where santos thrives so i'm going to take santos to win this fight probably by armbar or uh, or some sort of submission but i like santos to win this fight probably by second round um like I said, second round submission. All right, Makwana Mirikani versus Danny Henry. Uh, I love me some Makwana Mirikani, but goddamn, his gas tank sucks. Um, last time around, we saw him fight Shane Burgos, and he got finished in the third round uh, with less than 30 seconds left. Uh, but that was a fight where, you know, he needed to implement his wrestling to win that fight. He did decent in that first round, but after that, he kind of fell off a cliff, and Shane Burgos was just absolutely letting him up on the feet. Um, I, I expect him to be just as. Um, aggressive with his takedowns as he was against Shane Burgos uh, with Danny Henry luckily for him I don't think that Danny Henry is as good as Shane Burgos nor do I think that he's going to be able to piece up a Mach 1 or keep him away enough uh, to to really uh, you know cause Mach 1 damage here or cause him harm I like Mach 1 uh, you know his dressing advantage over some of these fighters is just, is just so massive uh, what are the odds on him minus two minus 210 for maquan plus 175 for danny henry yeah you know it, it's obvious why the odds are that way because maquan's grappling advantage is just so much heavier here um danny henry we haven't seen much of him uh since his loss to Dan Ige. uh you, you know actually it was his daniel taylor fight after that he took about six about eight to nine months off and then he beat hakeem duwadu and then after that he took a year off and then lost to danny gay after he absolutely rushed him and took him out of there uh but this is a tough fight for him again um i i don't expect Maokwan to rush him and, and ko him that way but i expect malquan to go out there wrestle him and then pull off a submission within the first round or two rounds uh, i'm not a big danny henry believer i don't think he's that talented uh and I don't think the the, the lack of cardio that Maquan Amir shows is going to come into play here because I expect him to get this fight done within two rounds or so. So I like Maquan, uh, you know, solid favorite makes sense. I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not betting on him myself. I wouldn't. I'd probably put him in a parlay. Uh, but yeah, I'm not betting him straight here. But I do like Maquan Amir to win this fight by submission in the second round. Next up, we got Elisio Zaleski Dos Santos versus Muslim Salikov. Uh, This is primarily going to be a stand-up fight. However, we have seen Zaleski take fights to the ground if he needs to. And we have seen Muslim Salikov get tapped out by mainly a a striker in Alex Garcia, which I believe was his UFC debut. But Elisio Zaleski... You know, he lost that fight in the third round to Lee Jing Uh, Unfortunate loss for him there. But before that, he was really stringing fights together, really finding his own. Um, you know, he had lost to Nicholas Dobby early in his UFC career, then pulled off. What was that? two four six seven straight victories over akhmedov who's you know a very impressive fighter at this point in time uh keita nakamura lamin good max griffin sean strickland luigi vendramini uh and curtis Miller. great great victories great great streak there and then you ran into lee jing leon uh and then last time around we did see him beat alexei kunchenko which is a solid victory under his belt um and now he comes in against muslim salikov as i believe the better uh grappler jiu-jitsu player but uh, obviously his main his main go-to is his capoeira and his striking style i think he's going to be in some trouble if he just mainly relies on that because i be- i would give the slight advantage to salikov on the feet here but at the current odds at plus 115 for elizio zaleski i don't mind the dog odds on him i don't mind that that small shot uh, on the dog here as i believe this fight should be like pretty much a dead even or even a slight favorite towards zaleski dos santos um Uh, yeah i i expect uh, elizio to go out there and kind of just play on the feet for a little bit try to get Salikov into this false sense of comfort and then go out there and blast a a, a takedown get this fight to the ground and really put it on him that way Uh, i don't expect him to get it get the tap out immediately i don't think that muslim is an absolute um you know uh i don't i don't i don't think he's a, conc- a complete slouch on the ground uh but i do think he has some flaws there and i think that we'll see zaleski be able to exploit those flaws so i'm going to say zaleski dos santos to win this fight by second round uh submission uh and uh yeah i like him as a dog here probably won't be betting him since i already have a dog play later on in this card uh All right, next up, we got Volkan Uzmir against another UFC debutant. Something that this card is littered with. But thankfully, they are quality UFC debutants. This one is somebody that we've been waiting for to come to the ufc for a long time especially in a division that needs it at light heavyweight which is you know slowly become a, a a swamp town there's like literally no town there anymore but thankfully we have jiri prohaska coming over from uh risen 26 three and one uh very very experienced just like a uh, you know a debut earlier in the card in maxime Grishin. uh but jiri Pro- prohaska um he, his last three fights and say what you want about these guys being past their primes but he went out there and did what he needed to do and got to the finishes uh mohammed lawal fabio maldonado and cb dollaway all in risen i believe he's the risen light heavyweight champion as well too but uh, he comes in with a stiff test of volkan uzmir in a fight that you know, could easily you know if Jiri goes out there and makes a, a statement right off the bat, he could probably be within title contention uh, with one more win after that. You know, he if he goes out there and beats Vulcan probably gets a top five opponent if he beats that opponent as well too easily a title shot so this guy is on a fast track especially you know you you can tell he's on a fast track strictly due to him fighting a guy like Volkan Uzumir in his UFC debut uh you know Volkan is coming off a pretty controversial decision in my opinion I scored that fight for Alexander Rakic he did beat him by split decision and before that he knocked out uh Ilir Latifi um you know good striker heavy striker solid light kicks as we saw the damage that he was able to do to rackage uh but i think he's going to have uh you know he's going to have to lean on that a little bit more here in this fight against Jiri, who comes in with a you know he's coming in as one of the bigger light heavyweights that the ufc has seen 6-4 compared to the 6-2 of vulcan uzdemir uh so i think it's going to be uh interesting to see how vulcan deals with that size um we've seen uh you know vulcan use the leg kicks uh, to his advantage like he did in that rackage fight and that's something he's going to have to lean on huge here against Jiri. As I think that Jiri, uh, you know, heavy hands, uh, and if he's able to counter those leg kicks properly, he should be able to land on uh, Volkan uzmir I just think that Jiri has a little bit more paths of victory here. Uh, I think he could pull out wrestling if he needs to. Uh, either guy can pull out the wrestling if they need to. Uh, as I believe, you know, not neither of them are as amazing off the off their back as the other. Um, but I think uh, the, the the most exciting way for this fight to go down is for it to be on the feet. And uh, yeah, I love prokotska here. I, I'm. I i'm very excited for his uh ufc debut i think he has a lot to offer to the ufc light heavyweight division he's only 27 so he has tons of time to still grow um do i agree with him getting a fight like volkan uzdemir right off the bat probably not you know i think they should have eased him into it a little bit more uh again still kind of young uh we need to get him a little bit of a name uh but hey he's on the fast track here against volkan uzdemir so say what you want i i think he he shows up i think he goes out there and puts volkan uzdemir on his back and finishes him uh yeah i, I like jury here i'll probably say first round ko uh just keeping with the trend of uh, with his last couple fights uh volkan strong puncher strong kicker but i think that Jiri is going to beat him to the punch here and that should be enough for him to get the victory so i'll go with Jiri to win this fight by first run ko and you guys know me though i'm staying away from ufc debutants but uh if i didn't already have money on a fight later on uh Giri would probably be a bet of mine at plus 140 i don't mind that line all right we got Paige van Zandt going up against the heaviest favorite on the card Amanda Hebas, 9-1 Amanda Hebas is coming into this fight on a four-fight winning streak. Her only loss was to Poliana Vienna, which was via TKO uh, at Jungle Fight 83 back in 2015. Uh, she fought in 2016 and then took roughly about three years off before finally coming back and fighting Emily Whitmire, beating her via rear naked choke, decisioning Mackenzie Dern and decisioning Ronda Margo's. and now here she is against Paige Van Zandt in a fight that she should absolutely blow Paige out of the water here. Um, you know, big ups to to Paige for even taking this fight because I believe it's a very very difficult fight for her. Uh everything that Paige is good at, Amanda Hibas is just that much better. If Paige wants to go out there and try to wrestle Amanda Hibbs, I think she's going to be in some trouble with the jiu-jitsu, and if she tries to go out there and strike with her, I think she's going to be in a rude for in for a rude awakening as well with Amanda Hebas absolutely boxing her up on the feet. Um You know, her performance against Mackenzie Dern was very, very impressive. She was able to keep the fight on the feet. Um, and absolutely, you know, box Mackenzie Dern's face-off. I think that Paige has slightly better striking than Mackenzie Dern, maybe a little bit flashier, um, but I do think that Amanda Hibas is just a more efficient fighter, the more efficient striker, grappler, the way better jiu-jitsu player as well, too. It's really hard for me to justify a bet on Paige Van even at plus 600. Um, still, I'm not going out there and parlaying a minus 900 favorite in Amanda Hibas here, but I think she should win this fight with the flying colors. There's not too much of a breakdown to do for this, as we all know, you know, Paige is more of a glitz and glamour type of girl And not really a fighter And uh, I I did tweet it out earlier It's weird that her and um, That her and uh, uh Paige Rows have the same record. They're both eight and four, but they're miles apart in terms of skill, as we saw, especially when they fought a couple years ago. So uh yeah, I like Amanda Hebas. I wouldn't even be surprised if she gets the finish. I'll say second round rear naked actually, you know what? I'm gonna say first round rear naked choke for Amanda Hebas. She really cements herself here over uh you know, the skill wise, this isn't a huge victory for her because I believe, you know, wins over Ronda Marcos and Mackenzie Dern are way more impressive than win over Paige Van zandt but people just know Paige more. So more eyeballs will be watching this fight this will be a a landmark victory for amanda Hebas to finally you know assert herself and she's a little bit of a looker too so i think that people tuning in to watch page are going to flip and be like oh this amanda Hebas shake is really good she just smoked page and she's pretty smoking herself too so maybe she might gain a little bit of marketing traction there as well too so i think this is a good fight for amanda hibas uh, a solid victory under her belt uh and she should continuously move forward and she should be a little bit of a a prospect and uh slowly uh you know assuming that role as contender slowly but surely in the strawway division uh but just continue to bring her up slowly she's a no rush she's only 26 so let's pump the brakes let's not feed her to the wiley Zhangs or anything yet uh but i think she has a bright future so i'm gonna take amanda he bus by first round rear naked choke rose Yunus versus jessica Andraj. um i do have a bet here on rose namayunas uh i got her at minus 193 she's roughly around that minus 200 mark on most websites um but this is a rematch i'm, I'm very excited for this rematch it's the first fight back for rose since she last lost to jessica Andraj. uh that was when she lost her title uh but you know big props for rose Yunus in that fight for actually going down to brazil uh her opponent's um, pretty much home territory, uh, and still being able to pull off a victory, or, or sorry, uh, and still having you know the female balls to get to get into the cage and actually uh, fight a monster like Jessica Andrade, um, you know, with the, with the crowd fully behind um, Andrade. But uh, she she showed a great game plan in that fight. Um, you know, her hands looked very well or, or looked really good. And any time that uh, Jessica Andraj did get her down, she was very active with her guard. And she was able to, um, you know, put Andrade into some trouble. Not really allow andrage to really get off any big shots um, you know and that's kind of uh where andrage really thrives when she is able to get those shots off um unfortunately for her rose was just too fast you know rose um she's able to get in and out with her shots um and she is just way faster than andrage uh which which is why andrage was pretty much missing on everything that she was throwing she must be very happy as to rose giving her the gift of holding on to that kimura uh which allowed jessica Andrade to pretty much slam her on her head uh and you know capture that title in that fight but 95 percent of that fight was rose Yunus completely outca- outclassing um jessica Andrade. you know as very much one-sided she busted her up within the first couple minutes of that fight um just off of a jab alone uh but it's hard for me to to be uh, to understand, well, I guess you can understand why a fighter like Jessica Andrade was so thrilled when she was actually able to pull off the victory. But I think if a fighter like either Conor McGregor or, um, you know i hate using connor as an example but he's the first one that really comes to mind but like a max holloway or a jose aldo or even a peter yan or something if they were in just andrage's shoes where they were getting lit up for a round and a half and then they just miraculously you know slam ko'd uh, their opponent i don't know if they would be as happy or as ecstatic um you know uh, again, you got to give it up to Andraj. First title win. Uh, obviously, the first one didn't go her way when she challenged Yuan Yanjaycek a couple years back. Um, but now she comes in, you know, gets torched up for a round and a half and then pulls off that slam KO and gets a victory. You know, it was very emotional for her, so I kind of understand it. But. You know, game plan wise and and performance wise, you can't really be excited or, or be happy about your performance. You got absolutely outclassed. And luckily for Rose, you know, she only has to do it for three rounds. I don't think she would have as much of an issue doing it for five rounds if that were the case. But, uh, yeah, th- I think the three rounds uh, heavily favors her even more in terms of being able to completely outstrike and, uh, you know, less time, 10 minutes less of getting caught in something crazy by Jessica Andraj, who has power from minute one to 15 or minute 25, in my opinion. But Rose is just too fast. She's too slick. She's so technical. She's so good with her in and out movement. Um, you know, I watched that fight, their first fight back maybe two or three times when I was researching this fight, strictly due to, you know, the, the, the impressive nature of uh rose's performance up until that slam uh it was the thing of beauty it was just like watching her almost sparring uh and not getting hit at all it was insane like she she ate one or two punches from jessica andrage but there's nothing to the point to put her out Again, up until that slam, so uh, it's tough for me to see a way that you can, you know, willingly go out there and bet on I did have Andra; I bet her in that first fight, and you know it worked out for me. But I would never make that bet again. Um, you know, it, it you, you're it, it's tough to say that you have a good basis to be like, okay, you know, Jessica Andra is worth the plus 170 line that she's currently at, uh, especially. You know, since we have hard evidence of seeing them in the cage against each other last time around, so I like Rose in this fight. Um, I do have a two unit bet on her at minus 193. The only thing that's kind of keeping me away from making it like a, a full lock of the night play, uh, is what her mental is going to be like going into this fight. You know, it's something that's always been a little bit flimsy, and we don't know what to expect with Rose, uh, when it comes to her mental every now and then, but you know, uh, big loss, um. Uh, you know, she just recently had a family member or a couple family members pass away from COVID. So that might be something that's weighing on her mind. Um, but you, you got to be careful when you're, t- you know, when you're putting money on a girl like Rose, um, or at least the amount of money that you're putting on a girl like Rose. Uh, you know we don't know what we're, what we're gonna see but if we do see any shades of what we did in that first fight rose is absolutely gonna blow her out of the water which is why I thought you know at least a two unit warrant is here uh at that min- minus193 because I think she has a really good chance of winning this fight so I'm gonna go with Rose uh, I'll take her to win by decision but I could also see her winning by late stoppage as well too because she is just absolutely piecing up on Draj for about six minutes before she got slammed on her head so I'm taking Rose I'll say decision to be safe but but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, a late finish for her too. All right, for the vacant bantamweight strap, we got Piotr Jan versus Jose, although this is a dream fight for people um, you know, you know, who have been following both of these guys for the majority of their careers, finally getting Peter Jan in the UFC or Piotr yan in the ufc uh he's been on a, a ridiculous streak capping it off most recently with the win over uriah faber where he stopped him not a lot of people can say they've stopped uriah faber but peter yan is one of them now um you know albeit a, 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 an older uriah faber but regardless you know solid win over jimmy rivera before that um But that's one of the fights where we saw some uh, uh, chinks in the armor of a seemingly unbeatable Piotr Jan. And if there's anybody that's going to be able to exploit that chink, it's going to be a guy like Jose Aldo. So let's start off with Aldo. You know, it's been a long time uh, since he's, you know, had his uh, featherweight strap. Then he finally came down to bantamweight, uh, lost a very close decision to Marlon Moraes. Um, there is an argument that you can make for Aldo winning that fight, but in our deciding splits episode that we did after that uh, UFC 245 card, we did come to the conclusion that Marlon Moraes did deserve to win that fight. But what we did see from Jose Aldo in that fight was very, very impressive, especially considering that it was his first time down to 135, and he looked like absolute dog shit in terms of you know uh, fight week on the scale, all that. We thought he was going to die. But he goes out there, shows a great cardio, uh, shows a great gas tank for, you know, one rounds, you know, one, two, and three. Um, Very, very impressive. Uh, And it seemed like he was still kind of there you know he was whiffing on a couple shots in that third round and i think that might be where piotr yarn is probably going to be able to separate himself from aldo but man that first two rounds it looked like he you know he was engaging of the firefights he was he wasn't as uh, playing as as safe as he used to during his ufc title run you know we it was almost like uh, his WEC days where he was very aggressive was willing to stay in the pocket and trade with marlon Moraes. and i think that that's where he's going to need to to break Piotr Jan here. Um, The thing with Jan is he doesn't ever seem, um, you know, uh, scared of exchanging in the fire. And he has some very sneaky techniques that he's able to implement that really catches opponents off guard. The one thing that really stands out to me is I believe it's his left jab or it's a left hook that he throws, but he hides a high kick right behind it. And it's very, very impressive. It caught Jimmy Rivera at the end of, uh, I believe it was the first or second round, and it really rocked him, put him on his butt um so he has very tricky moves that he's able to to lean on Uh, but he's going up against a very crafty uh, a very experienced and still in my opinion a very high level jose aldo um how long that high level jose aldo is going to stick around i don't know like whether it's going to be one two or three rounds maybe even four or five depending on the pace of the fight uh but i think he has a really good shot of of upsetting peter yan here um you know seeing Jose Aldo in the high 180s 190s roughly roughly around the plus 200 um I think I like his chances there and that's why I took a shot on him I took a shot on him at uh one unit at plus 181 um I think you know, we saw the, the, the flaws in Piotr Jan's game in terms of not being able to, to block leg kicks and not really, you know, kind of neglecting the the, the checking of leg kicks. Um, and, you know, we can say what we want about uh, Jose Aldo, you know, never using his leg kicks and pretty much every fight that he goes into, uh, we're like, okay, this is the fight that he's going to use his leg kicks again. This is where it's going to come back. And you know i'm i'm done with that i'm done with saying that he is going to use or he's going to rely on his leg kicks as much as he as he used to but i still believe that he will throw them here and there and that should be enough to open up the rest of his game and um you know he's still sharp. He's still fast. Um, he will be able to put pe- pressure on Piotr Jan, um, and it's going to be something that Jan hasn't felt before. And I think people are too early in writing off Jose Aldo, just as they were too early in writing him off uh, when he fought Stephen. Uh, sorry, uh, Jeremy Stevens, and when he fought Hanata Moikano. Um, you know he still went out there, still got the victories, and still showed that he's a bad motherfucker. And he could still do that here against Piotr Jan. I, I'm a huge Jan fan and I hope he wins because I w- there's nothing more than I would love to see for him to reign that bantamweight division for a long time because he's a very entertaining fighter as well too. But I think Jose Aldo has a very good chance of springing the upset. Um, his striking is just as good as Jan's. I don't think Jan's going to go out there and try to wrestle Aldo and I you know Aldo has great takedown defense regardless so I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem for him. Um, Jan's going to have to stay on Aldo just like max holloway what did you know max gradually increased his output as the fight went on and it really sucked it out of jose aldo is yan going to be able to do that i don't know he is capable in my opinion but i think that the line is just a little bit too wide here i think pure Yan should be closer to a minus 150 minus 160 as i think that all aldo, those skills have not diminished as much as most people are thinking that they have they have He's still competing at a high level. He's, he has never had a gimme fight, you know, even since he lost to Conor McGregor. He, all of his fights have been against, you know, guys that are coming up or, aren't, or are on really good uh, winning streaks. Jeremy Stevens, you know, say what you want about him being a uh, below 500 fighter in the UFC. But he was on a really good streak. And a lot of people, I believe he was the favorite going into that fight, too. So a lot of people are still overlooking Jose Aldo, it seems. Uh, Hanato Moicano was on a big streak, uh, was a slight favor over Jose Aldo. Um, you know Marlon Moraish. You know even though he didn't get his hand raised in that fight, he made it very competitive, and his stock rose in my opinion, even in a loss. Uh, especially uh, going down a weight class as well too. So um, again, a little bit sketchy in terms of him getting a title shot off of a loss. uh, but still, uh you know all. Everybody who's saying that would be lying in terms of whether they'd be excited for this fight or not. And I am more than excited. So I am going to give Jose Aldo a little bit of a shot here, which is why I'm taking the shot at plus 181. I think he's worth it. I think he has the tools to beat Piotr Jan. Um, and I think people are drinking the Kool Aid on Jan a little bit too much. And I am too. I'm very guilty of it. Um, you know, I, when this matchup was first made, I'm like, all right, Jan's going to go out there and dust Jose Aldo. Uh, no. If hands or buts i'm probably going to even make it my lock of the i play but once you actually look at the tape you're like all right aldo's still there he, he's not completely shot um he still has the skills he's still only 33 like what the fuck this guy just does not age it's crazy so he could still be in his fighting prime and that could be enough to upset peter young here so i'm not confident in playing peter Yan at minus 200 minus whatever he's going to be at but plus 181 Up to plus, you know, plus 150, plus 160, I'd probably... Actually, you know what? Plus 160, plus 170 is roughly up to where I would take the shot on Jose Aldo. Um, So, yeah, I'm taking Aldo to win this fight. I'm going to say by maybe third or fourth round stoppage, maybe third round stoppage, um... I could see him winning a decision, too, if he's able to pace himself. But we did see him really, you know, engage in firefights. I feel like that might uh, impact his cardio a little bit in that fourth and fifth round. But uh, I think he has all the tools to win this fight. Uh, So I I will take Aldo. But my heart wants Piotr Jan to win. I love that guy. I think he's very, very skilled. And I think he could have a long reign as champ. But, man, if you're giving me these odds, I'm going with Jose Aldo here. So I'll take Aldo. You know what? I'll say to win by decision. All right, the second title fight of the night, we got Alexander Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. Uh, this is the rematch, immediate rematch for Max Holloway. Not really in agreement with that, as I believe that Max Holloway needed a little bit longer of a, a reign as as the, the, the featherweight champion. Uh, but it is what it is, just as he says. And here we back are against uh, Alexander Volkanovski in an immediate rematch. Um, you know, they fought about seven months ago. Um, And Volkanovski won that fight Clean, in my opinion. If anything, you give Max Holloway one round in that fight. Uh, but we saw with the game planning of Volkanovski and his team that he's a very, very smart fighter, very efficient fighter. Uh, goes out there, implements the game plan, and gets the victory. Hence why he's twenty-one and one. His only loss in his MMA career was his fourth fight, where he lost via head kick and punches in the third round. But since then, he's just been in on an absolute smashing, uh, smashing record since coming into the UFC wins over uh yusuke kesuya uh Mizuto arota shane young jeremy kennedy darren alkins chad Mendes, jose Aldo, max holloway and here we are again for max holloway again it's hard for me to see what max holloway is going to do differently this time around um w- when you have a game plan centered around uh, leg kicks especially when you're finding a guy that's as lanky as max holloway it's a little bit easier for him to to go out there i don't know what holloway is really going to do to to combat that type of game plan It's not like he can go out there and be like, okay, I'm just going to work on my reaction time and try to check the kicks quicker or or get out of the way so the kicks don't land on me. Try doing that for 25 minutes against a, a quick and explosive fighter like Alexander Volkanovsky, and he hides it very well too sometimes you know he'll throw that uh, left hook and then throw the leg kick or the one combination i really like that he throws is the inside leg kick get his opponent's off balance a little bit and come back over with the left hook and, and land another shot there too uh, he's just such a talented and well educated fighter that he knows what he needs to do to get the victory in every single fight and again you got to give kudos to his coaches Eugene Bearman and those other guys over there he even had Brad Rodell in his corner for this for that fight but he's he's a very impressive fighter he, he's very efficient um he's super quick um he throws with a lot of power and the one thing is he kind of has a little bit of disdain for max pa- max holloway's uh power in a sense like he doesn't care to be in the pocket and throw a couple shots because he knows uh, whatever max holloway throws at him he's not really gonna you know land as much max holloway is not like a one punch knockout guy he's an accumulative damage type of guy and for him to really have that type of uh you know one punch power to 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 hurt Volkanovsky, i don't think he's going to have that you know holloway's just going to have to have perfect timing perfect precision perfect uh, speed everything to be able to hurt alexander Volkanovsky with one punch and you know the 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 low likelihood of that happening is what makes alexander Volkanovsky so uh, confident in my opinion i think he can just go out there and use the exact same game plan and beat max all the way but knowing how you know uh how intelligent his coaches are and how he is they might go in there with a different type of game plan but when you go out there and just absolutely beat up the lead leg of your opponent it it renders them slightly uh less defensive especially when they have to resort to their secondary stance uh max holloway obviously uh uh an orthodox fighter but uh had to resort to being a southpaw for the majority of that fight just because his lead leg was getting chewed up and then when he's resorting to that um, you know, to that that secondary stance alexander volkanovsky has a ton of more options to 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 aim for and you know the probably the best one being that other lead lead leg. now you know when, when you're in the south pos- position your your right leg is the forward leg he's more than welcome to go in there and beat that one up too so it's just harder for max Holloway to really set generate any power or even move around or even be confident enough to th- throw anything because he's kind of just like okay i gotta block this like that's coming my way but volkanovsky just does such a good job of disguising it that's going to come regardless so um you know I could see Volkanovski trying to go out there and use a maybe a grappling heavy game plan if he wants to switch it up a little bit um but you know I would be concerned a little bit about Max Holloway's jiu-jitsu I'm not saying he's the greatest jiu-jitsu guy out there but that's just opening up a little bit more of a, a finishing opportunity for him something that he might be able to catch Volkanovski in but I don't think he'll be able to do that either I truly think that Volkanovski is the the top featherweight in the world right now. I think it's going to be really hard for anybody to dethrone him. Yeah, it's going to be really, really tough for anybody to beat Volkanovski. And uh, that's why I think that, you know, him and somebody else who's fighting in the main event are just going to be long reigning champions in their division uh, just due to, you know, he's not, he's not the most exciting in terms of, like, going out there and getting KOs or flashy submissions or anything like that. He is an efficient fighter. He goes out there, sticks to the game plan, gets the victory by any means necessary. But even if that's just sticking to your game plan it is what it is so uh, i hate using that term against uh, max holloway here especially when i'm picking volkanovsky to win this fight again so one thing i will give to max holloway is he is very durable um i'm a huge max holloway fan i've pretty much been following him since the beginning of his ufc career when he was like 3-1 or 4-1 coming into the ufc uh but uh and we've seen him grow we've seen him mature we've seen him go from prospect to you falling a couple times back to getting back on the horse becoming a champion and now losing it to alexander volkanovsky but unfortunately for him I think Volkanovski is just stylistically a very bad matchup for him. The best thing Max Holloway can hope for is um, you know, Volkanovski going out there losing his title to a different fighter and then eventually getting a title shot that way to reclaim his belt. But uh, I, I don't see that happening. I think Volkanovski is going to go out there putting on another great performance. Again, I believe he'll be setting around the leg kicks because I don't think that you can really change everything overnight in terms of uh, addressing uh, leg kick defense. Uh, But I think that Volkanovski will be successful pretty much the same way he was in the first round. And I think he's more than deserving of that minus 220 line that he's currently at. Um, But yeah, i like Volkanovski to win this fight. I'll take him by decision, as I do believe that Max Holloway is quite durable. Alright, we got the main event now, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. We were supposed to get Kamaru Usman against Gilbert Burns. Burns tests positive for the Rona. In steps Jorge Masvidal, hopefully getting the money that he wanted because this probably will be the last time that he gets uh leverage with the UFC in terms of uh, you know, saying, Okay, pay me this money because I'm worth this money. I don't think they're gonna be or he's gonna be allowed to say that anymore after he goes out there and takes his ass open from Kamaru Usman. It is stupid to me, absolutely stupid to me, that Kamaru Usman is now minus 225. I miss the best line that I could possibly get because it looks like it. it's even getting better. So I pulled the trigger at minus 267 on Kamaru Usman because I would bet him all the way up to minus 400. I think this is a tailor-made fight for him. The only thing that he needs to worry about is obviously Jorge Masvidal's striking. And Masvidal has looked good as of late, but I don't think that's anything that Kamaru Usman can, you know, needs to worry too much about. His striking is good enough to stay uh, decent on the feet long enough to close the distance and implement his grappling game, which is his most effective um, uh, style of fighting. Like minus two twenty-five for Kamara Usman is just bananas. It, it 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 is so mystifying that it even got to that that line. Uh, you know, I tweeted this out earlier in the week, but like this is the the uh, this uh, like Kamara Usman being this. Uh, you know closer of a favorite than he is is like the uh the the latest example or the greatest example of marketing skewing and uh on skewing odds since the mayweather mcgregor fight you know we had floyd mayweather reaching minus 300 to beat conor mcgregor who never had a professional mma belt or professional boxing belt in his life going up against a 49 and 0 um or was he fifty you know 49 and 0 boxer at the time greatest boxer of our generation same things happening here with uh, Jorge Masvidal. He goes out there, okay. The Darren Till win, I'll give him that. He looked decent, and then finally got the finisher. Good win for him. Ben Askren, if he misses that flying knee, that fight's more than likely a 30-27 Ben Askren. Let's be real. But then again, Ben Askren has, didn't look the greatest in his in his UFC run, and it, it, the best days for him probably were behind him at that point. But uh, you know, perfectly timed knee, perfectly executed. All right, Jorge, great five-second knockout great goes out there and beats nate diaz in a striking fight that like you know if you even have above average striking and you're able to deal with the pace and pressure pressure of nate diaz you're going to go out and do that to him regardless so i think that you know jorge masvidal that last fight was a gimme there was just so many eyeballs on it the bmf title madison square garden there was just so much on it uh, at that time uh that you know he just got that marketing rub and now here, unfortunately, that bubble is about to deflate because I think that Kamaru Usman is just a nightmare for him—the Nigerian nightmare. He is a uh, the worst-case scenario for Jorge Masvidal in terms of uh, matchup and how they match up. Um, yeah it's hard for me to see how masvidal is able to to fight the grappling he might be able to keep the fight on the feet for the first round but the pace cardio and pressure that usman is able to put on his opponents is just mystifying to me like he the only person i believe that's going to be close to him uh in terms of taking that title away from him is colby covington because you know the last time they fought he did have roughly two rounds on usman before he got finished um but he has kind of the same style as Usman ever moving forward ever pressure you know um, endless uh, just 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 wrestling and pace and, and just always putting things on you doesn't let you set for a minute to even get you know saying okay I'm going to set now and I'm going to throw this combination nope before you can even finish that thought Usman's in your face with the punch with the strike or initiating the grappling that's the type of fighter that is the, 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 the pinnacle uh of a fighter in my opinion is to have pace, pressure, cardio and wrestling. If you have all four of those things, you're going to win more often than not. And I expect the same thing here from Kamaru Usman. Um outside of a Hail Mary shot from Jorge Masvidal, I don't see how Masvidal wins this fight. Let's not get caught up in the glitz and glamour and the Versace robes and the the Miscato or whatever the fuck he's putting out nowadays. Kamaru Usman is the better fighter. He is going to win this fight and uh i've never been so convicted about about something uh before and again hail mary shots happen in mma and jorge masvidal could absolutely land that hail mary shot but he's not going to go out there and put on a clinic on kamar usman it's going to be the opposite absolute opposite i believe usman is going to be the one putting on the clinic and it's going to look very bad for masvidal masvidal is going to lose all of his leverage with the ufc and i wouldn't be surprised to see him you know pack up and want to leave the ufc for not getting paid what he's worth um, but you know perfect timing perfect uh, scenarios working out for Masvidal I believe and I love Jorge the guy's put in his due he's been around the game for so long but stylistically this is a very bad matchup for him so I'm going to take Kamaru Usman to win this fight but by, de- by decision uh, and uh, yeah he's going to be a long reigning welterweight champion I think he's the greatest welterweight of our generation now um, you know outside of GSP of this era he's going to be the longest reigning welterweight champ there isn't going to be anybody that beats him he is just too good, has all the aspects of a winning fighter, has a winning mentality. Yeah, it, it, get used to Kamaro, because he's gonna be at the at the top for a while, just as Volkanovski will be at the top for a while in the featherweight division. So I'll take Ghostman to win this fight by decision. He is my lock of the night play at uh, I took him at minus two sixty seven. I wish I fucking waited because I truly didn't believe that we would see kamaro even get better than minus two fifty. But here we are, minus two twenty-five god damn might even have to place another bet on him at minus 225 here all right i'm taking once again kamar usman to win this fight by decision and retain his uh welterweight championship all right that was a great card to break down i'm super excited to finally sit down and watch this uh, watch the event um but uh we're, we're right back at it we got in a, a wednesday event headlined by calvin cater and uh dan Ige. Uh, decent card there i think they just recently announced cody statement versus jimmy rivera as well which is a very fun fight uh but yeah i love uh i love this 251 card i can't wait to to get into it watch it uh and then break it down for you guys on sunday on Combatisseurs uh w- once it's completed and we finally come down from this high that we have for ufc fight week finally coming up all right uh i'll see you guys uh probably midweek as i drop the the log cast for the wednesday show uh soon i'll probably drop it on sunday so make sure you guys look out for that sunday or monday no promises but sunday or monday i'll drop it uh good luck with your bets and uh i'll see you guys for the next episode